The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hello, and thank you for joining me on 5G Talent Talk. This is Carrie Charles, and I am so glad that you are with me today because we are going to learn more about the largest privately held communications infrastructure provider in North America. They have been in the space for over 20 years, and that is Extinet Systems. And I am so excited to have with me a CEO that I highly respect. And he's also the new CEO of Extinet. It's Rich Coyle. So, Rich, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate you uh, inviting me. Yes, absolutely. So, Rich, I think I met you for the first time at Metro Connect, I think, in Miami. And I just remember you were just so kind to me, right? And I know a lot of people are not that kind to staffing professionals sometimes, but you were just, (laughs) you were so kind to me and you just treated me with so much respect. So, I'll never forget that. And ever since then, I've just had so much respect for you, and I've heard so many great things about your leadership. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having this chat today. But let's start with your story, right? The story of Rich Coyle, how you got from where you were to your seat today. Yeah, well, thank you. And just, listen, I appreciated meeting you. And I feel at any time when you meet people for the first time, you want to make sure people see you as a person. And so I appreciate the kind words, but I always want to treat people like people and and develop a relationship with them. And so thank you. That's awesome. So my history, I've had a, what I would call a very interesting history. I'll try to give you the compressed version, but I started out from my college. When I learned early on with my parents, where we were, we were not financially well off is the way I'll put it. And not complaining, but that was a reality. And so I had to decide for each time I was going to go to college each year, I would drive over to the college and beg the registrar to give me some type of financial aid. And if they would give it to me, then I'd go. If I couldn't, then I'd have to find a different place. So I started out at Iona College in New Rochelle. And then I went to St. John's University my second year. Then I went to the City University of New York, Queens College. And I finished up there and I had a great time. But I also learned the value working hard and for what you're going to earn. I held multiple jobs during that time. I worked midnights and days, United Airlines on the ramp to pay for my college. But it was something I wanted to do and I wanted to earn. And so I, I've held that throughout my career. So when I first came out of college, I graduated with an accounting degree. And I started in the financial world. I worked in the financial world the first couple of years. Then my wife and I made the decision to move out to Las Vegas from Queens, New York. And parents had moved out. So we moved out and I came out without a job, which was not a fun thing to do. (laughs) I got hired by the power company, power utility company. You know, I knew paid for a power bill. That's about it. I started in their HR department, believe it or not. Wow. I rose through the ranks in pretty fast fashion and became the VP of finance 
and chief risk officer. I was one of the youngest officers at uh, Sierra Pacific Resources. And our CEO in the late 90s, Mike Nigley, approached me and said, hey, we want to take our retained earnings and start a telecom company. Would you be interested in going over and running it? I was like, well, all right. I never did it before, but I'll learn. And so uh, we started a company called Sierra Pacific Communications. We built a telecommunications company in Vegas and Reno. And like most utilities in the late 90s, early 2000, with the Enron collapse, everybody then wanted to divest of the telecom yeah. company. So we ultimately sold to a company called American Fiber. Dave Russo mm-hmm. at the time was the CEO. And I went to work for him as I ran operations. We had telecommunication assets in seven states. And then not too dissimilar than a lot of companies in the mid to late 2000s, Zayo came along and said, hey, we're building this big company. We want to buy you. So I went, uh, they bought us in 2010, went to work for Dan Caruso and John Scorano at the time. And they asked me to run OSP in the West. And so we joined in September. I started doing that. And then in October, the board approached me and asked me to run all of their OSP. Wow. So I did that for the next three years mm-hmm. through 16 acquisitions. So we were growing the asset fairly quickly. And in 2013, I made the decision that I wanted to try something different. Mm-hmm. So I left Zayo and I was approached by Scott Stevens and Walker Simmons over at Pamlico. They were starting a company in Southern California called Wilcon. And they called me up and they said, hey, we're going to start this. We want to make a fiber company in Southern California. And I know John DeLuca. And I had not met John before. And John and I met and we hit it off great. And him and I then went to work together. He was the president and CEO and I ran all of operations. And over the next two and a half years, I have to say, I probably learned the most and had some of the most fun I ever had. Learning, growing a small fiber company which we ultimately in 2017 sold to Crown Castle. And I then at about the same time when we were selling carry, so it was Crown and believe it or not, Extinet were the two finalists trying to buy us. I got to know Mark Ganzi during that process. He asked me to join his firm, Digital Bridge, to be an operating partner. Once I finished with uh, integration of Wilcon into Crown, I left Crown and then I went to work for Mark at Digital Bridge. That was a really good time for me. I got to spend a lot of time over in England and Canada looking at assets as they were building out their fund and work with, look at fiber assets. Then Mark approached me early summer and said, hey, I have this entity, Extinet, we'd like you, this guy, Jim Hyde, we'd like the two of you to kind of go over and run it. And I went over in on Labor Day as the chief development officer. And the idea there was I was going to do an assessment of the company, did the assessment of the company. And then in December, Mark and the board asked me to become COO of it in 2018. And I ran that. And then this past July, the board asked me to, would I be interested in taking on the CEO role on an interim basis? see how I could do and see how they thought I was doing. And this past December, they asked me to become the permanent CEO. So, you know, for me, as you can see, all my different areas, I always was willing and I believe that I can demonstrate my hard work 
and the effort that I put into it, and I can grow into it. But I also learned that I wanted to be able to treat and have employees have the same type of experience, give people the opportunity because I was given the opportunity. So I always want to pay that back as I move. You know, Rich, you said so many great pieces of what you just said, but this whole idea of growing into something. And I noticed that you said a few times, I didn't have the experience here, but I said yes anyway, or I was ready for something new. And that excitement about taking on a new role or growing into it, and then now you're paying it back to your team. Let me just say, I remember when you were named CEO, it was just very recent, but you were named CEO of Extinet. And people celebrated. I mean, I talked to so many people from Exonet and they were so excited. So it's exciting. And I want to talk a little bit about that, your vision today and your philosophy and where you see the company going and also the people aspect and the human aspect, because this is where you shine and your team loves you. They absolutely love you. But let's start by talking about just simply what is Exonet, who is Exonet, And who do you serve, your services, products, and so on and so forth? We'll give an introduction first. Great, definitely. So Extinet, as you put it, we are a privately held company that provides communications infrastructure to our customer. We do, in the traditional sense, we offer outdoor and indoor services. And what do I mean by that? So for outdoor, we offer small cells, fibers, CRAN hubs. We will build and operate all of those. Then on the indoor We'll build out the infrastructure. We'll own that infrastructure, put in a DAS system, put in a Wi-Fi system. Even And now as the industry is changing, we're looking at private wireless. You know, and our customers, the obvious are the big three, the MNOs. Mm -hmm. Then also we offer services to the healthcare industry. Obviously through the pandemic, hospitals became a big focal point for everybody. And two years ago, we had no hospitals. Now we have 18 hospitals that we're providing services to. We have the hospitality, the casinos and the convention centers and the hotels. And also the other area that we do a lot of work in is the sports and entertainment venues. We have a lot of sports venues that uh, manage and operate around the U.S. as well. What changes have you seen? I mean, you've been in the industry a long time. So what changes have you seen in the 5G ecosystem the past two years, let's say? And how does this set Extinet up for growth? It's a very interesting time because I think if you go back in time, you go back to 2020, everybody thought 5G, we were on the cusp of 5G. And here we are two years later. And what I would say is we're on the cusp of 5G. (laughs) Right. Yeah. A lot of it came, obviously, the C-band auction, but not so much. It was more of a, I wouldn't say what changed, but it was more of a delay. So the focus was more on get that capacity, put that capacity out there. But from our standpoint, it gave us the opportunity, quite honestly, Carrie, is to focus on ourselves and figure out where we needed to improve. We really needed to focus. We had an indoor business, but we were just kind of there. And we spent the last two years really building up an indoor business that can benefit not only the MNOs, but the real estate owners themselves. Because as you talk about 5G and you get closer to that device, to that phone with all the apps, the signal's going to have to get closer. So outdoor is going to be crucial, but so is indoor. So with that change and that mindset of the way in which we have to have the infrastructure ready, 
we've spent a lot of time, significant amount of time building up our indoor business and ensuring Mm -hmm. that the outdoor, we're there, we're ready. The indoor now is we've been spending a lot of time and effort with the real estate owners and the MNOs to ensure that we're meeting their needs in there as well. So talk a little bit about, you have technical solutions for enterprise and this core product that you developed. Yeah, so what we try and do is we put together, let's just talk about the indoor side. So when we come in, let's talk about a sports venue. We just recently won the San Antonio Spurs. And great win, great organization, really happy that they chose us. We're going to go in there and help them do is make sure that their customer experience is ideal every single time and every single customer that walks in there. So we're going to put in a DAS system, obviously, and then have bring the carriers in there so their customers have the experience. But also now you start talking about there's the POS systems. People coming into from the minute they hit that parking lot to come in, they want to order their food. They want it fast. They want it in an expedited way. So we are looking to design a system that they can, whether it is the DAS or the private wireless, their experience, whether it's for the Spurs or for T-Mobile or for Verizon, their customer experience is top notch. And that's what we really try and look when we're developing the solutions for the customers. Wow. I love that. Really transforming and improving the customer experience. And that's so crucial. How have you seen, or maybe what do you predict will change in either your workforce with Extinet specifically, or maybe the workforce in total? Because we have this push toward the software defined networks and this convergence is happening. I mean, have you seen a change in your workforce just in the past couple of years? Oh, yeah, we definitely have. You've gone from being able to just traditionally, you have your fiber group. So you have that team that works there. And then your DAS group is more of your RF engineers. We're finding is we need to bring in more than just your basic fiber guys and your RF guys. We need a complete balance. We need some IP engineers. We need to be able to figure out how do we ensure that the solution that we're going to give is not only good for today, but it's future-proof. And the future keeps coming faster. So one of the things (laughs) we're realizing is we have to be dynamic. And so we're out there looking for very dynamic people that are open to learn. I keep harping back to the way I was. I want that type of energy of the people that are coming in. One, I always look for people that are smarter than me. And then the (laughs) second is have that drive, that integrity and that work ethic to get us where we want to be. But yes, we've had to transform our company. And it's really also bringing in other expertise. And we'll see a lot of that. And it's going to continue to evolve over the next 18 to 24 months. It's interesting. You talked a little bit about transformation. And every great company has challenges. And they have to overcome them to get to the next level. I mean, you think of the greatest comebacks, some of the greatest comebacks in history, like Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, and Netflix, right? So I know that Extinet has gone through a transformation the past three years. And in fact, it's almost like you're experiencing a little bit of the rebirth of Extinet right now. So what challenges have you overcome as a company? And where are you now? That's a great question. And, Big know, question. <laughs> it is. It is. And, but I'm happy to 
explain it because I think it's probably really why we are where we are today. And I think why I'm so proud of the employees the most. It's we had to take a step back and we did a leadership roundtable. And basically what we said is I coined it own the truth. We had to own our truth of what we weren't good at. And we weren't really good at delivering to our customers, one, the solution they asked for, and two, in the time that they asked it. So we really did a focused on our processes and our platforms and went through every one of our processes and we fixed it. And we made sure we broke down internal silos to help us work because that was the other part. I'm a big believer in transparency, collaboration, and communication. And it was silos, that goes out the window. And so we needed to do that. And then the second thing was the platforms. We had to improve. We had to go out. We went out, partnered with Site Tracker, and have a great project management tool. So we know exactly what's going on at any given point, all the way down to the node. And that's been beneficial for us. And so we needed to really look inward in order for us to improve and Candidly, the customers were not very happy with us, particularly the MNOs. I think today, I hope today, I hear from you today that they are happy with us. And I think it's shown because they're trusting us and they give us more mm-hmm. business. And that I attribute to the hard work and the effort of all the employees. And Rich, you have a vision for the people and the culture for the new Extinet. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this I'm probably the most passionate about. I'm a very big believer in diversity, in telecommunication, even electric utility when I first got there. It's been an area where it's very hard to see women excel in. And I'm probably the most proud of that I have by far the best women in the industry working in our company. On the operations side, I have a woman, Mary Jo Madden, who runs OSP for us in New York City. She can hold her own against any construction firm and she knows her business. Patty Palo, she's running a lot of our operations, forming the planning and the operations. It's important that when we take a look at bringing and becoming a good company, you have to start with the people. And I'm a big believer in culture. I keep saying that a good culture will be a great strategy any day. And you have to be, and you start with every single employee and make sure we're all working towards the same common goal. And I start that with, I'm a big believer in diversity as well. What's going to make us successful is bringing in people with different thoughts, different experiences, different cultures, everything different. That's what makes us good. And I like to spend a lot of time and focus and energy on that. We've created a DEI committee that I chair. And I find it just amazing just to hear people's stories, hear the different women's stories in our organization. I really want to focus on really bringing up a lot of women in the industry, as well as minority males, because that's another area that we just don't have a lot of. And I want to be able to bring them to the table. Not for anything else, then it's going to make us a better and stronger company as we move forward. I can just hear the passion in your voice around that, Rich. And it's so important. I agree with you. And just kudos to you for making that a priority. 
and it's going to serve you well, especially with the bottom line. It always does. There's a business case for diversity and there's a people case, obviously, but there is a business case too. So that's amazing. We've heard so much about the great resignation, right? I mean, we just hear about it all the time about people leaving their jobs by the millions. And one of the number one reasons people leave is because we hear in staffing that no growth, I don't see a future here. I really don't see myself in leadership. There's not really a lot of development going on. What is your plan to develop leaders and give people a career path that they can get excited about? Yeah, it's very important. When you look at the employee proposition, you got to balance attracting and retaining employees. And we've tried to balance that. When I got the CEO position, I basically had to start over with my leadership team. And we're able to bring in Saru Shamed, our new CFO, Monty McGaffigan, our new ERO. Then I wanted to also be able to have take the employees that are inside the company and find ways to advance their careers. And so we balanced that out as well. I feel it's very important that if you're going to bring an employee in, they got to feel that they're getting more than just a paycheck and maybe a bonus. And that's, you got to be able to show them what is their growth path, but you got to find out from them. You have to ask them. You can't assume anything. And I think that's key and that's what we're really starting to do. But then you have to be able to incentivize them as well. Let's be honest. As we start moving, you talk about great resignation. One of the things we've learned is that just a simple paycheck is not enough. And so we're looking at how do we enhance the compensation experience for total compensation experience for the employee. And so I really want our team to focus on building up within as well as bringing in new. For example, Monty McGaffigan, she came in, she's now running sales for us. She's doing an amazing job. Yes, she's, she's a, amazing. Yes. Yeah, she's assembling a whole new team. So she's building within and bringing in new. And I think that just watching what she's doing over on the sales side is going to really help set us for the path forward. So Rich, I heard you say communication. And I really think that leaders miss this piece because you said something that we ask our people, what is your career path, right? We don't assume. And it's brilliant because that's what we need. And also the transparency piece. I mean, you've been transparent just on the show today. And so you're walking your talk. And I just honor that. I really do. I think it's going to take you far. I'm excited to hear it. I've heard amazing things about your leadership. And I know so many people at Extinet, one of my favorite companies, we've staffed for you for a long, long time. So I've heard great things. So I want to know about your leadership principles. What do you believe in? What principles do you instill in your leaders or talk about? Like, I just want to understand you as a leader. And I think I want to learn from you too. So what's your secret, Rich? (laughs) (laughs) What's my secret? Well, it's, I build it on the foundation as I said earlier, transparency, communication, and collaboration. That sounds so cliche, but if you do it and you live by it, it works. When I was COO, what I could tell you is at any given point in time, I know my leadership team, if I wasn't able to attend something, they could attend it on my behalf because we all are aligned. We were aligned with each other. We understood where we were going. We understood where we've been. And I think That is the key foundation. 
And then obviously hard work. I want to lead by example. I believe in hard work and integrity will get you there. And if the employees see that and see that you're living what you're saying, they'll believe in you and they'll follow you. They don't want to hear the buzzwords. They don't want to hear all these big plans. They just want to know, okay, where are we going? How are we going to get there? And do I have your back? My other real big principle, carry is I'm not a micromanager. Mm-hmm. I want you to be successful. I'll support you, but I'll give you not only the responsibility, but the accountability. And I'll let you do your job. And I think that's critical because if you don't do that, they lose trust. They get frustrated if you're constantly on top of them. Well, it doesn't get easier as you go up the ladder. And so you have to learn. And I'm evolving all the time. I'm learning in this role. I'm learning all the time. I reach out to people. I'll reach out to you. I'll reach out to whoever can give me advice on now that I'm a CEO, what should I be doing different? What am I doing right? What am I not doing right? So I look for the feedback from my team to let me know. You know, you trust your people. I do. You said trust. You said they trust you, but you trust them first. And that's huge because again, I think a mistake that leaders make is they don't trust. And human beings, we can feel that when someone doesn't trust us to do what we know to do. So that's absolutely huge. I'm just curious. So when you're hiring a leader, what do you look for? Like, what are some traits? So I would look for you to worry about the resume. I don't look at the resume. I've never looked at a resume. It's probably, hopefully people, Mark doesn't hear that. It gets upset, but I look at it. <laughs> I bring, I want to learn. We'll I, cut that part. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> You get to learn. I'm asking you to give me the qualified people. Now I want to meet you as a person. Exactly what you're asking is what I ask. What makes you tick? What makes you successful? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? We'll obviously talk about the business, but I want to see what type of person you are. And do you have the same type of, do you believe what I believe? Because otherwise it wouldn't be fair to you. It wouldn't be fair to me. It wouldn't be fair to the company. So those are the type of leaders. When I'm interviewing people, That's what I do. Wow. I love that. I love that. The other thing is, I think sometimes when we look at those resumes, we give the resume so much weight and then the person sitting in front of us and all we can think about is what we've read. And so it use the way that we're viewing them. So I love that of just not even looking at anything and just having that experience of that person be the first time that you talk to them and then making those assessments in that moment. Because you're right, leadership, I think, is so much, so much more than experience. I mean, it's who they are in their soul and what they believe, right? And also that alignment with, like you said, believing what you believe. But like you said, it's their alignment, right, with the Extinet culture and the, the DNA and the passion and the who Extinet is. And you want to make sure that it's aligned. So... I'm going to just copy that or I'm going to do that too. I love it. I think that's one of the best strategies I've ever heard. So let's talk about your vision. Vision for Extinet the next three to five years. What are you most excited about? What drives you? I mean, where are you going? And where are you and your team going on this rocket ship to the moon? (laughs) As we're getting through this whole transformation, building this leadership team, we're all in line with the same vision. We want to ensure that we're ready to catch that 5G wave and grow it. I'm really excited about the possibilities on the infrastructure side. I really think, I love all the 
talks of all the different technologies and ways in which we that the customer experience is going to evolve and we want to be part of that and we want to help and be there to give that solution to whoever that person or company is delivering that end use customer that's what excites us and we really believe that we're positioning ourselves to be part of that way you sure are absolutely and that's what i've been hearing and we always hear buzz in the marketplace i mean that's we always get the real scoop, right? And yeah. everybody always tells me what's really going on. And that's what I'm hearing, right? Just positive, uplifting. Yes, Extinet. I mean, it's amazing. It's hearing all good things. So are you hiring right now? And we need to know, everyone wants to know, where do I go to work for Extinet? Where can I find out about the jobs? I mean, you could call us, but that Broadstaff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go to Broadstaff. They'll yeah. definitely uh, help us out. But well, we have our website, extinetsystems.com. And make sure it's with an S, systems with an S. And definitely take a look there. And yes, we are hiring. There's a couple of opportunities. Can't publicly announce them yet, but there's some big opportunities that we're working on that we're going to need teams. We're going to need everywhere from project managers to construction managers to project coordinators to engineers. And so we are. It's an exciting time for us. We have about 350 employees and we're growing. And as we expand also into new markets, we're going to need new teams there. So a lot of exciting things happening. So I'm excited about having it and want the, the best and brightest and people that want to have a good time and, and enjoy the work and enjoy the people. Definitely want you to join our team. I love it. Okay. So I have to end with this. All right. So this may come as a surprise to you. So sorry about the surprise because we didn't talk about this before, but what I heard is that you end all of your internal meetings by telling a dad joke. <laughs> and then what happens, I guess, the team, they start creating memes and they sending do. out memes to each other. <laughs> and it becomes like this big thing, but everybody looks forward to the end. Like they don't leave a meeting because they want to know what the dad joke is going to be appropriate. Yes, but what the dad joke is going to be. So you have to tell us a dad joke right now to end this podcast. All right. Yes, I do tell dad jokes and I do get a wide range of responses back, but I think it's fun. It's a fun way to, you have so many serious things going on. It's good to tell a joke. So, all right, I'm going to tell a joke now. What if the only thing I'm going to have to set this up a little bit. So we just did deep dives. I do quarterly deep dives. The whole entire company comes for each market and we all go through the market and do a deep dive. And at the end we tell jokes. So we just, Got done with it, and I told 20 jokes over a week's worth of time. <laughs> but there was one joke that kind of stood out, and I explained to everybody, it is my niece's seven-year-old daughter, Savannah, <laughs> told me this joke. And mind you, all the adults love this joke, so hopefully I don't kill this podcast. <laughs> Here goes the joke. Why didn't the toilet paper cross the road? Hmm, I don't know. Why? Kept getting stuck in the crack. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure you'll be getting a lot of feedback. <laughs> I know, I will. I will. Oh, this is awesome. I love it. Rich, everything that I've heard about you is spot on and just how amazing you are and your heart and who you are as a leader and what you're doing for this company and for all the people of Extinet. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure and an honor. And this will definitely be one of my greatest episodes. So thanks so much. Thank you, Carrie. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. You made it 
I was nervous in the beginning, so thank you for making it. Uh, <laughs> I was nervous in the beginning, too. Day. I'm always nervous in the beginning. <laughs> All Appreciate right, Brandon. You take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.